The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Denise Salcedo with the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and this is the weekend edition of the Busted Open Podcast. We'll be joined by Mansoor to talk about what's next for him following his release from the WWE. All that and more right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Now we are joined by none other than Mansoor. Mansoor, welcome to Busted Open. How are you? I'm doing great, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor. Mansoor, what's happening? Tommy, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, of course, it's an honor. And if you'll allow me just for one moment to kind of freak out a little bit. Um, I know you probably don't hear this a lot, but I actually was a huge fan of ECW on sci-fi. <laughs> nice. So this is a pretty cool moment for me. Uh, you know, I was a little um, past the ECW uh, heyday, but mm -hmm. uh, One Night Stand was like my first exposure to anything outside of like the real WWE branding. So this is super cool. It's very nice to meet you, Tommy. Likewise. Um, first off, uh, what name are you going by? Uh, is Mansoor your real name or is that WWE trademarked owned? Uh, yeah, Mansoor is my real name. Well, that's awesome. Then we're just going to keep calling you Mansoor. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Denise, I got to tell you, when the crop of people got let go uh, from WWE, I had more people reach out to me on a personal level than any other person about than Mansoor. I had so many people reach out to me and say, if you let this guy be on his own, he's going to be great. And I was just like, okay. And it seriously, it was text after text after text from people that I helped hire into the industry, but also, it really spoke to, and him and I have had conversations, um, but I never had so many people reach out to me about what a good human being he is, but also how talented he is. And he never got that ability to show how talented he is. And then to his credit, he doesn't really know me. I don't really know him, but we have exchanged texts. He then recommends his partner as opposed to just putting himself over to him, you know, to, Hey, Hey, this, I'm just trying to get, you know, more of an opportunity that way. So that spoke volumes and happy to help you in your career because a lot of people that I put my name on, 
put their name on you. And I'll say that publicly for you. I know you grew up in the WWE system and it's hard when you get that call, but the world is yours. And you had so many great people just say, this guy has it. And I hope you get that opportunity to show it. Thank you, Tommy. That's uh, I'm, don't be crying. Uh, I make people cry. <laughs> on it's okay to cry. They're called um, happy tears. I'm completely blown away by that. That, that means a lot to me. I, uh, I was overwhelmed by, you know, when I got released, um, the amount of people that reached out to me and um, were like, hey, don't even ask. I've already put you over to <laughs> Tommy. They mentioned you specifically. Um, and I will never be able to thank the people who did that for me enough. These are people who uh, are in WWE. They have absolutely no reason to help me in any way. I mean, uh, they're, I was completely and totally flabbergasted. I mean, these are people who, um, I didn't think I would ever really communicate with ever again, because it, it kind of feels like when you're out of that system, like you said, especially when you grew up in it, uh, it kind of feels like you're getting kicked out of a family because all they ever really do is put over the fact that we're a team and so on and so forth. So when you're finally kind of out of it, it's like, boy, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm stranded on an island for you, for you to say that. And um, I mean, even publicly, it, 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 it means the world. So thank you. No, dude, I've had, I had someone who, has a brother in the industry and didn't try to he help him. Wow. I had somebody whose wife was in the industry and didn't say, Hey, can you help that person? Uh, <laughs> but went out of their way. Like I said, it was 11 people text me about you. That's the most I've ever gotten about a talent that was let go and, and not to like, just join, you know, impact wrestling. It would be like, Hey, can you, help this person do this, can do that. And just a lot of people praise you that again, like, I mean, I have a lot of ties with a lot of people in the industry. I've been very, very blessed because I'm more of a people person. And then I go more so on your talent because uh, your talent goes so, so far because a lot of people are very talented and are self-destructive, but you got put over the best. Um, now for you, uh, you come out of that system. I, I saw you already had some, indie shots because that date just come up for but for you because a lot of people like for me i'm like yeah no i know who he is but i don't know who he is because of that time in wwe so if you could explain it to to me and listen what i tell everybody you are so blessed to have been in that system and now is the time to show what they did for you but now you also have your own creative path you saw what Mustafa Ali put out there in that video. There's all these different things now because there's tons of great wrestlers out there. Like, and, but we saw you as a male model. Yeah. We also saw you, uh, I saw you first in NXT. Then I saw you got the call up, but like, I didn't really get a chance to CC you. So like, how do you sell yourself to the world? Who, who are you? Uh, well, my name is Mansour Abdelaziz, Mohammed Abdelaziz al-Shahil. Uh, I grew up in Saudi Arabia, uh, and I moved to America at a very young age. So I've always kind of been between two worlds. Um, I got the opportunity to try for WWE uh, when I was fresh out of college. I think I was like 22 uh, when I got the tryout. Um, and I had barely had maybe uh, a year or two of wrestling experience. Uh, but I was actually the only person at that tryout who had wrestling experience. So I think that that carried me pretty far. Um, I treated that tryout like it was the one and only tryout I was ever going to get because uh, obviously professional wrestling was my dream from a very young age. 
but it didn't really seem like a realistic dream until that moment. Um, in WWE, I had amazing opportunities to represent my country and my people, and I, I got to perform for my family on that side of the world for the very first time uh, in the biggest battle royal ever with 51 very sweaty guys, very angry guys that this nobody was winning that thing, <laughs> uh, which is a whole story in itself. Uh, I got to work amazing, incredible wrestlers on pay-per-view like uh, Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro at the time, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, uh, now uh, Nick Nemeth, of course, Dolph Ziggler. Um, but what was kind of frustrating about that was I was always kind of this foreign hero. I was always this guy that would come around every once in a while and 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 go out there for the hometown crowd and give him a nice moment, but then I'd disappear until the next Saudi show. And as happy as I was to, of course, perform in front of my people and, and you know, my dad, who didn't get wrestling until the moment he saw it live in person, which is always so magical, because I always say to people who don't get wrestling, just go, just go, and you'll realize that it's the best thing in the world. Um, as great as that was, I was I was very frustrated because I knew that myself as a person and as a performer, I had so much more to offer. Uh, you know, I, I actually studied acting because I wanted to be better at this thing. I wanted to be exceptional in every single way, not just in the physical athletic aspect of the performance, but in, in the characterization and the personality and the charisma, in the confidence and comfort speaking in public and captivating an audience, not just with my actions and my wrestling, but with my words. And those things weren't really being communicated. So when I was told I was gonna be a maximum male model, uh, I think a lot of people expected me to kind of groan and scoff, but I was excited. I was excited because really they could have told me I was going to be uh, anything. I could have been a dancing plumber. I could have been a, a, a juggling clown. It, it wouldn't have mattered because I knew that I was going to be able to make that thing the most entertaining aspect of the show by just allowing myself to take something and ride with it. I was going to commit to it and ride or die with it no matter what. And uh, I really, really wish it could have gotten a, a longer run. And um, unfortunately, there were uh, outside circumstances that came into play. But what I'm happy with the most is that I got to do that male model run with my best friend in the industry, Mace, who we were put together by complete coincidence. Uh, they had no idea we were so close, but he's basically my road wife. Uh, my little road family is Mace as my wife and Mustafa Ali is my dad, uh, who, who you know, um, you mentioned earlier. I mean, he also is a great example of somebody who has been incredibly generous. Uh, you talk about guys not putting over their brother or their wives. I mean, Mustafa has been helping me on the indies, uh, getting me bookings um so yeah and, and of course i'm happy to put over mace and mace has been doing the same thing for me i mean i, I i'm blessed to have incredible people like that around my life uh, and in my career so really i mean my wife even said to me when i got released she looked at me and she said you know i know it's tough and i know that you're uh tossing a turn every night because i'm right next to you but i think this is going to be the best thing to ever happen to you because for oh. the first time ever you're going to be, to be mansoor who mansoor really is that's that's awesome um uh, let me ask you also was uh English your first language or no? Yeah, so I actually knew English and Arabic, um, but uh, sort of my Arabic has kind of been thrown over the wayside uh, as I lived in America for so long. That was actually one of the struggles that I had about being the Saudi guy is I was so Westernized and so Americanized that like Saudi fans were like, hmm, this guy, he owns dogs. <laughs> he lets dogs on his couch. <laughs> Arabs, we're, we're cat people, okay? Everybody in Saudi Arabia that I know had cats, and they wouldn't let dogs in the house. But me, I got I actually got my dogs right here. She's uh, One of them's 85 pounds. Uh, the other one's like 45 pounds. They jump all over me. They get dog hair all over me. 
so there was always kind of like a little bit of a cultural dissonance and i was proud of course to represent them but i think there was always kind of that eyebrow raise like is this guy really one of ours right well i mean wrestling if you think about it uh wrestling old school villains always placed upon what fear and you know if you were it also went around for what was going around the real the real world, you know, when there was, you know, there was Nazis, there was Russians, there was all these because of the stereotype, you know, uh, the wrestler Killer Khan passed away and he, of course, had to have Mr. Fuji and they would throw the ceremonial salt, throw it in your eyes or because he's Asian, he could blow green mist as, again, stereotypes and fear of the of the unknown. But now that because wrestling is global. And I mean, WWE set the tone of because when they first were going to Saudi, it was a lot of a lot of flack. And then but hey, cultural change where you're not playing. Oh, you're a terrorist because that's what you're supposed. No, you're a wrestler. Um, and what would like even though the male mo role model, I mean, model was great because you weren't stereotyped into a, this is what he's going to he's going to be. Because, I mean, I know uh, there's a lot of people that always fit into that, but I'm glad that you're not. Now, you asked your, your wife, and it's awesome to hear that you have that support. And I, I'm also going to tell you this. Um, today, Tomorrow, I have a show uh, in the afternoon, and it will be my 209th show of 2023. I'm a 52-year-old male uh, who's, you know, at the very tail end of his career, as opposed to someone like you. Um, you said it the best because your wife said it, which is awesome that you have that support. So there is work out there, but here's the biggest question. Who are you in the sense of your wrestling? Are you, uh, I'm the innovator of violence. I'm known for stupid, hardcore stuff. Well, are you a great wrestler? Are you an aerial? Like that's what are you, how do you vision yourself? Cause I have spoken to a lot of people and I will ask them who they are. And they don't know or they hesitate. Well, I'm kind of like, okay, if you're like somebody, you're not who you are. So who are you? At the cost of sounding uh, perhaps egotistical, uh, I'm a goddamn international hero. I mean, uh, I'm somebody who gets messages every single day from people all over the world and every single country uh, telling me I didn't think it was possible for me to become a wrestler until somebody like you became a wrestler. Awesome. Uh, I was a person from a country that had never had any representation whatsoever in the professional wrestling world. And when we did have, rep have representation, it was from people who weren't even of our ethnicity. I mean, my, my dad always tells the story uh, about when he went to his first professional wrestling show and uh, he was in Miami in the 70s or 80s. And a guy comes out, they called the Sheik. And I don't know if it was the Sheik, but I think they called him a Sheik. They said he was from Mecca, Saudi Arabia. He had the, the genie boots with the pointy toes and he's making the mean faces and everybody's booing and he's getting his butt kicked. And uh, my dad finds him after the show and he says, hey, what are you doing? I mean, you're embarrassing our people. You're making us look bad. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, the guy looked at him and said, our people, buddy, I'm Italian. I'm from Pensacola. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, for me to get the opportunity, you know, I always looked up to uh, Sami Zayn. Uh, he was the first guy I ever saw have Arabic on his gear. He had it on his tights. And I remember seeing that in high school and going, wow, maybe I actually can do this thing. Uh, so for me to be able to go out there and uh, wrestle, no matter whether it's in WWE or, or any other company or, or even just on the indies, if there's one person in that crowd or one person watching at home who goes, maybe I can do this thing, even if it's not professional wrestling, if it's anything else, 
whatever makes them their heart sing, whatever makes their their soul happy, uh, then that'll mean the world to me. If I make one person happy, that's what I've always said. If I if I make one person happy every time I perform, then I will have done my job. Uh, I love it, and uh, it's not being egotistical. It's being confident in your abilities, and a lot of people. I don't, I I've seen a lot of people come back and, and I was one of them hundred percent. I was a fractured person when I left the WWE and I walked out and I, I was just like, I had two young kids at home and I was just like, I don't, there was a time I hated wrestling and I was just like, that's why I had to leave because I've loved this more than I've loved anything else in my life. Um, but I was a fra I was a shell of myself, but to fact that you still have that confidence and, you know, it, it's cool because again, it's from what you were, you were taught, uh, by a lot of really, really great teachers. Uh, again, I'm enjoying all this. Also, you should trademark international superstar Mansoor, uh, ISM. You should, uh, trademark that as soon as we get off the phone, because it works. What you, how you pitched yourself to me, I literally said, now I know where I can go as well as, uh, I just saw Zoolander for the first time. And then <laughs> for the first time, wow. Yeah. I never saw it. I was busy changing the business when that movie was out. Of so, uh, <laughs> no, that's being egotistical buddy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it, it, it was good. Um, but again, exactly how you described yourself is awesome. And, you know, always also remember it does like I wrestle, in front of hundreds of people. I wrestle in front of thousands of people. But when you go out there, you leave a not only a personal imprint, but you leave a digital imprint for the world to see. And I don't dog it on indies. Um, and I know you won't either, but a lot of people don't realize once, you know, we only see the bad stuff. If it's a botch, hey, we all mess up. That's fine. Uh, I see quarterbacks throw interceptions and cost people games where they bet on money and people don't freak out as, as opposed to a wrestler if they trip or stumble. But um, you leave a digital imprint wherever you go. So, and yes, you should take that pride with you for what you've already accomplished and you're going to accomplish uh, a whole lot more. Trust me, I know, just in speaking with you. Thank you, Tommy. That means a lot to me. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm, there were times when I was in WWE where I legitimately, I felt like I was trapped under ice and I was just swimming around looking for a hole um, months where I wasn't working. And uh, that's the brutal thing about WWE is that you don't really get to work anywhere else. Obviously uh, that that's the best thing about being out now is feeling like I'm making things happen for myself. I'm never going to have a weekend off if I don't want a weekend off because I'm reaching out to everybody saying, I want to work on this date. I want to work on this date. And I love it. Uh, because it's finally in my hands. It's finally in my control. So you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. And there's nice. also globally, Japan is a, is a big, big option. Of course, there's AEW impact wrestling, MLW um, here in the States, but there's also an opportunity to shine uh, in other countries, not just Indies, but like companies that work a lot, you know, in new Japan and all Japan, they just did something. There's a whole coalition now, uh, over in Japan where they're all joined up. So uh, you go out there and, you know, you do a tour, you go to Puerto Rico, you do, you know, you hit up Primo Epico and say, Hey, remember me? We worked together in a show. See, so you got some, I'd like to come work in Puerto Rico just to get a different mix of all the people. But I also get the uh, under ice feeling. Um, it, it's definitely a thing. 
when you're not being used, it sucks because it's like you then again start self-doubt. What's wrong? How come you're not using me? But you got to understand those decisions aren't based upon your talent. Those are decisions based upon in a boardroom. And once you do, because it took me a long, long time to realize that. And then, you know, there's a lot of looking in the mirror and like, hey, maybe this was my fault, but none of the else was. There's a lot of talented men and women out there that never get to go to WWE or never have that opportunity or think about it. You had one tryout where you said, I'm never going to do something. This is never going to happen again. And you got a job from it. That's an accomplishment. That's the, that's the pat on the back. That's going to the lottery store and getting playing the Powerball and winning. And so then that just continues. Uh, the future is bright for you, buddy. Trust me. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate that. Mm. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, <laughs> that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Shut up. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sappy guy. I'm sorry. 
Mansoor, so you were talking about the you know, trapped under ice feeling. And uh, I think that Tommy touched on it a whole lot where he said that you sort of get this feeling of self-doubt, right? Because even though, it, like Tommy mentioned, it's people making these decisions, right? But it's like you're still going to beat yourself up over it. So with that being said, how did you, when you're not being used for months, how did you stay positive? How did you make sure that you didn't like go down a downward spiral and know that, okay, you know what? Somehow, some way, have hope that your time was eventually going to come. Uh, the way that I kept myself uh, busy was the way that I kept myself sane. I was always working. Even when I wasn't working, I was working. I was uh, writing up pitches. I was filming vignettes. Uh, every single week, I was doing something. Actually, Mace and I, we're both very similar. We're both incredibly ambitious guys who uh, have dealt some uh, pretty bad hands. I mean, Tommy said earlier, even just being able to work there, there's so many professional wrestlers, amazing professional wrestlers, who don't get to work at that level for that kind of paycheck. So I count myself blessed indeed. But... At the same time, we were guys who were just, you know, barely getting by in terms of creatively. So uh, one of the things that I always am so happy that I did was, um, you know, we were Vince's last idea. The Maximum Male Models was a creation Vince McMahon had for a year before we came out. He was always in the writer's rooms going, damn it, I want to get some male models on my show. And eventually we got lucky enough to be the guys that were placed in that position or <laughs> unlucky, depending on who you ask. Because, of course, two weeks after our debut, Vince McMahon, the unthinkable happened, wasn't in power anymore. And uh, after that, we weren't really used so much. So I decided, what am I going to do? Am I going to mope around? Are we going to just pretend like our career is over already? Uh, we decided to film a YouTube show called Making It Maximum, where for every single week for like three months, while we weren't being used, we we're putting out content on the WWE YouTube channel, on social media, uh, written, produced, and directed entirely by us. And... We were so lucky enough for people, our coworkers, whether it be wrestlers, writers, producers, to actually watch the thing and kind of endear ourselves to them. Because I remember once that series ended, um, I, the birth of my daughter came finally, and, and, and I was so incredibly elated and happy. And on that night, as we're in the hospital room, uh, with my wife holding our child in her hands, I get a call from our writer saying, hey, we need you at Raw in two days. We're starting a storyline with you with uh, Otis and Chad Gable. And I had it on speaker and I remember looking at my wife and she just looked at me and smiled and nodded. And, and that's when I knew I had the best wife in the world. <laughs> um, I like to believe that because we did that run on the internet where we had those online videos, uh, the writers were like, we got to do something with these guys. Let's get something started. Because once we started that Otis storyline, I mean, we weren't getting scripts so much as we were getting suggestions. The writers were coming up to us and saying, hey, uh, you guys come up with the lines because you guys are funny. You can improvise. You can do whatever you like. Uh, we love your guys' stuff. And, and that was so incredibly freeing and, and, and a great opportunity. So, yeah, that's a situation where I believe that the work outside of work paid off. And um, I'm glad I did it because it gave me experience going forward. Uh, what you just described was also called Rocky Two. And, uh, <laughs> but then think about how many more Rockies have we seen? So the right. best is still yet to come. Um, with that, for exactly what you said, if you remember that there's this guy, uh, he's still wrestling, unfortunately. His name was Zack Ryder in the WWE. <laughs> um, he went and did his own stuff, got over. Yeah. And now he's even more over as Matt Cardona. Um, there is nothing stopping you from continually doing those things minus a few name changes um, and your creativity and whatever platforms that you have, you can continue to do that, which again, gets you more over and the more over you get, 
other your phone will not not stop rings. Trust me, I won the digital media championship and I turned down more dates for a the third highest title in the company and maybe the fourth. Eh, it's actually the last. Come on, let's be serious. <laughs> but it's still, hey, would you come and defend this title? Because I promote it. I promote all the shows that I'm having. I'm going to have an Impact Digital Media Championship uh, match here at this place. And people people come and see it. Like I said, 209 shows uh, this year. So for you, 2024 is bright. But whatever that creativity, because I'm a very, I love being creative whatever that creativity is for you, you could still do it because now you have, you have no limits and limitations. So, you know, if you and your partner got over that way, do it in a different way. Just, you know, you may not be traveling the road together, but when you are or set a day to film a whole bunch of content, space it out weekly. And then you have that thing because everybody wants that thing called content. And that's how you get yourself rebranded slash reover. Matt Cardona is a great example. If he went to the WWE tomorrow, they would be fools to call him Zack Ryder because Matt Cardona got way more over. And when he had all the Zack Ryder stuff, he sold it to WWE because it got so over. So Also, nobody recommended Nick Nemeth to me, by the way. So when you said his name, <laughs> I just remember that. Not one person said, Nick Nemeth, he's a good guy. Savage. I recommend Savage. Nick Nemeth. Although I probably don't need to. <laughs> uh, Mansoor, so we're, you know, you're going out there, you're doing the indies. I know you got a busy month in January, but you were at Deadlock Pro. Had, I, I saw the video, the pop was incredible, getting to see you and Mason coming out and having the, you know, just coming out and being there and getting to cut your promo and do all of that. Were Did you have any nerves? Were you anxious? Like, what was the moment like for you leading up to that? And how'd you feel afterwards? Uh, it's funny because there's always kind of a seed of doubt uh, in your mind when you're going to go out there because uh, Mason and I are driving to that show and I look at him and I say, what if they don't pop? I mean, this is supposed to be a surprise appearance and we're supposed to come out and be these big deals. And what if they just look at us and go, oh, these guys? And he's like, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So we're behind the curtain waiting for our cue. Uh, Beatdown's going on. I specifically request that they have the timekeeper ring the bell a bunch of times, like in WCW, when there's a post-match beatdown going down. So we're hearing ding, 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 ding. And uh, finally, our music hits. Uh, they don't know it because it's new music. I burst out the curtain. And for a split second, there's just complete silence. But that split second was an eternity in my mind. My heart dropped to my butthole. Because I was so incredibly, it's over. It's over. If we come out right now to silence, we're quitting the business. Luckily, I step into the light and people actually realize who I am. Mace comes out. The guy's six foot nine. It's kind of hard to miss him. And they erupt. And I was like, ah, whoa, phew. That was a, yeah, very close call. And then uh, the most blessed you could possibly be is to get live microphone time. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak directly to the crowd and to everybody watching at home. And, and I knew that that clip was going to go viral. So I made sure to be very deliberate and specific with what I said to make a statement, not poo-pooing on WWE or, or burying my time there or whatever, but acknowledging the fact that me and Mace have worn a lot of hats, you know, male models, uh, national heroes, uh, uh, retribution, whatever it may be, may be a commentator who got F5 by Brock Lesnar. But finally, for the first time, you're seeing us for who we are. 
and how that was going to be incredibly special. And the Deadlock Pro team is amazing. Uh, they were incredibly professional and awesome to work with. And I'm so excited to go back January 20th in uh, North Carolina. It's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be our debut against the West Coast Wrecking Crew. So check it out if you can. It's going to be live on their streaming service as well. Watch DPW. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick little story before we say goodbye. Um, I've told this story on the air before, but I'm going to tell it directly to you. Uh, there was this man who was my hero, and he had fallen on hard times, and he came to the original ECW, and he was a fractured person. And he was going to wrestle at the ECW arena against Steve Carino, and he was nervous. And I was like... And he was just to himself and I closed the door and he was, he was shook. And he was like, man, what if they don't react? What if I, they, and I was just like, are you kidding me? And then Paul comes in, Paul Heyman. And it's like, what's up? And I was just like, and he says the same thing almost to point of tears. And he was just like, what if they don't react? What if, what if, you know, they don't remember. And Paul looks right at him and we kind of say at the same time, and I was like, you're dusty fucking roads. And Paul's like, you're dusty fucking roads. Anyway, goes out there, gets the monstrous pop, blah, 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 comes in the back. We go back to that same thing. And he goes, I'm dusty fucking roads. My day, my re come back to WWE in Pittsburgh. They put me in a, like you said, because when you're describing it, it really triggered my brain. I have my first ever panic attack in my life. And I'm like, what if they don't remember? This is in Pittsburgh. I'm in the dark. I'm like, what if I get no response? What if they don't go nut? Like, and I, I wasn't even under contract there. I was doing great in my life. And then all I have my first ever panic attack and I start almost to cry. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't breathe. What is going on? I've never experienced this in my life. Then my music hit. And I just flash back and I go, I'm Tommy fucking dreamer. And I walk back and there's a picture. You'll see one of the, the second most genuine smile I've ever had in the wrestling business. The first being one night stand when they hit Sandman's music. But whenever you have that, blah, 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 blah. Like I told you already before, um, there's moments where you gotta be like, I'm fucking Mansoor. And for all those things, have you inspired already in the short time that you've been in the business? Go back and remember that. And you'll never look back. So there's my story to you. How do we find you on social media? Oh, you can find me on all socials as Suave Mansoor. That's S-U-A-V-E-M-A-N-S-O-O-R. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and I have a cameo under that same name if you want to get a uh, last-minute holiday uh, present for the new year, perhaps. I'm also on Twitch with Mace with his channel at twitch.tv slash greatblackotaku. Uh, we also have an Instagram and TikTok account called The Insiders with a Z. TV, the Insiders TV, where we post hilarious stories from our time in WWE. Uh, that's all my socials. You can find me every weekend uh, across America performing in your town. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> and uh, God, you guys are amazing. Thank you for having me. It was uh, I needed this, so thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I've been that fractured person, and I live my life to inspire as well. So, I was going to uh, say, you could be like a motivational speaker because that last thing fired me up. Well, it should be. Uh, and if I could just do it to lose weight, I'd be perfect. So anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. And 2024 is going to be a, a bright thing for you and for hopefully your partner as well. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, 
please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Foundation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.